this show. Now we're going into second gear. We just had the first sort of third of the show where I've got to give you some context as to who the man is and what he's about. We've gone into his control over media. We've gone his control over religions, dark religions. We've gone his control over the satanic military. Okay, so we've got military, media, and religion. Okay, triple. Now we're going to go into the media side thing a bit more. And how to buy a sailboat as Gloria, time you look like shit. I'm hurt. What happened? What's wrong? All the sex and violence on the screen has gone too far for me. Too far. I'm fed up with it. Filmmakers like George Romero and John Carpenter have to show some restraint. Okay, now this is a fantastic book, all right? Just give me a second. Cyber, shaman, pregnant, pregnant universe. Google do not like finishing off the juicy sentences. They never do. But this book is an absolute culture warlord extravaganza, okay? Serious book. Look, so straight away, this is not a book. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, you know? How much longer will you need to keep creating unconscious states which seek outside confirmation to affirm how creative you really are? The primary strategy of Cyber Shaman to respond to the internal potency of creation, to create inside energy states that are fun and instructive, which in turn seek outside confirmation to affirm how creative you can be. The cyber shaman lives a voodoo life. Serious shit, okay? Serious shit. This is the handbook of the devil people. When we first wake up, and we, we find out 9-11 was an inside job, and, and we're being poisoned with fluoride and, and aspartame, and, and we realize we've been lied to about everything. We're very vulnerable a vulnerable position because we we have to rebuild our entire paradigm It's a very diabolical thing that's happening because, okay, there was a period when I was first waking up several years ago, I, I acquired all of Maxwell's and Tessarian's movies and, and I listened to them and I watched the, his, all their seminars and like what they're saying sounded logical and, and like I said earlier, we're, we're vulnerable when we first wake up because we want alternative information and anything that sounds good. And okay. War is almost always fought over territory. As each culture develops and expands, its boundaries start to creep and stretch outward to feed out on more territory and keep growing. As awful as it is, war is a way to legalize the expansion of territory. Okay. Some believe that war, like nature, knows no laws, only necessities. Here now in the information age, we are fighting info wars. Info wars, okay guys, this is what I'm telling you, all right? This is all pre-planned. Alex Jones is not based, he's not red-pilled, he's not a truther. He's an asset, 
okay? He is a lifetime actor employed by the US satanic military. There's a war on for your mind. So we'll go and read it again. Here now in the information age, we are fighting info wars with propaganda bombs and misinformation missiles to control and destroy each other's minds. As awful as this is, we now know the human mind is the new turf. And notice how they use the word awful here. That is not how you spell awful. Awful is A-W-F-U-L. No, this is awful, you know. It inspires awe, you know. It's awesome, you know. Notice in the background there. Bang. Can you see that in the corner, guys? Info Wars, you see it? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, the Cyber Shaman is an info warrior out of necessity. Nutty stuff, man. Nutty stuff. Man can no longer fall back on established religion as a sort of identity, a collective identity. And occultism is a sort of do-it-yourself God kit in whatever form it takes. And let's be clear, occult just means hidden. You're an occultist because you studied the occult. You're bringing in, you say, I'm an occultist. It just means we study the hidden. You have no idea. You studied the occult. You're bringing in, you say, I'm an occultist. It just means we study the hidden. You have no idea how- Jordan Maxwell, another lifetime actor. People really do put him up on a pedestal. He ain't your friend. How far deep this goes. Jordan Maxwell's been in this game for a good 50, 60 years. Think about that, being a truther for 50, 60 years. Doing conventions in times when, um, you know, men wore big pants. <laughs> you know, this is serious, you know. Long, long shit, long shit. I put a spell on you. Notice the one-eyed symbolism with the soldier, no coincidence. End game. Stop the things you do. <laughs> What's up? Let's watch this. I don't even know what this is. Alex? Hey guys, what's going on? Hi, Hi. Alex. Well, what's up? I, I watch your show quite often, and mm -hmm. I don't claim to even know uh, what the most corrupt uh, thought systems are in this world, uh, but I would just say... I'm going to read this out. So what this all boils down to is that if our persuasive communication ends up with a near positive effect, we must attribute it to luck, not science. The effectiveness of propaganda may even be less predictable and controllable than the effectiveness of mere persuasive communication. Correspondingly, propagandists are assumed to be liars and hypocrites willing to paint anything to attract colours to dupe the gullible. As Jacques Ilal puts it, the propagandist is not and cannot be a believer. Moreover, he cannot believe in the ideology, ideology he must use in his propaganda. He is merely a man at the service of a party, a state or some other 
organization and his task is to ensure the efficiency of that organization. If the propagandist has any political conviction, he must put it aside in order to be able to use some more popular mass ideology. He cannot even share that ideology, for he must use it as an object and manipulate it without the respect that he would have for it if he believed in it. He quickly acquires contempt for these popular images and beliefs. Unlike PSYOP, Mind War has nothing to do with the deception or even with the selected and therefore misleading truth. Rather, it states a whole truth that if it does not now exist, will be forced into existence by the will of the United States. The examples of Kennedy's ultimatum into Khrushchev's uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis and Hitler's stance at Munich might be cited. I don't know if there's a God, and I don't know if uh, there's uh, how the whole world system works. Even people I've hired over the years who are great folks who went to normal school for this go, well, let's use subliminal to help people. And I've got to constantly... So Rosie Anon says you can still have a soft spot for the character Alex Jones whilst knowing what he really is. At least he was a stepping stone. It's a good point, but there's more. Why was this stepping stone placed? Who placed this stepping stone? You know, this is the Truman Show, you know, and you know, in the Truman Show, the movie, you know, Truman ain't got a dad. His dad is the director, the man who stands in the clouds, okay, and uses Truman Show as a film set. You know, we are ants in a farm, you know, and they are coercing us to the truth. Now, it is the truth, and the truth is golden, but why do they want us to know the truth? This is the chessboard, the checkerboard reality that we're in, yeah? They are manipulating us into a position. I spoke about this earlier in the show. I can't go over old ground because we're on borrowed time, but they know everything that you want to be. Do you get what I'm saying? They know what you want. They want to create a dialectic where it's people against government, okay? People against the left people against this people against that they are setting up a duality for a new war that's what this is all about they wanted us to wake up i can promise you now if the government didn't want you to wake up i don't think you would be am i happy to be awake yeah totally i would hate to be a fucking normie but they're awake because they want us to be awake now how awake you are is up to you isn't it in this life you know it's your own responsibility with the self-education but can promise you one thing yeah people like alex jones and all the rest of it are true culture warlords you know they say well that's a second long it's not completely subliminal but get it out of there you know i i don't want to go there We've got Danny fucking Kruger in the house, white power brother. Just on topic, whilst we're talking about DFK, the Dunning-Kruger effect um, is very, very important because you've got the left, I'm just going to call them the left because it's easier. You've got the left that never listen to anything and they're unteachable. And you know, like us on the right, and I'm just going to call it a right to simplify things. I know it's a false paradigm, but just throw me a bone. So on the right here, we learn more and learn more and learn more. And the more that we learn, we realize the less that we know, you know, that's how it works. But this Dunning-Kruger effect, which is on the left mainly, is where people don't want to know, don't want to learn, 
but think they know everything. The less they learn, the more they think they know. It's incredible, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Whoa, watch that. Watch this, slow-mo. Slow-mo, 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 slow-mo. We them goys. Bang. Have some of that in your face, goy. I mean, don't get wrong, it's only the word sex, but they're always selling sex. Not love, sex, you know? Sex is a product from love, but when you just have sex on its own, you create degenerate cultures that have no moral standpoint, no family values and therefore no family unit you know put it this way <laughs> i've had more encounters with women but by the same token i've probably had less in uh, less chances to have a wife than say someone who lived 50 years ago do you get what i mean like i reckon most people in this chat have got laid more times than say people did in the 50s and 60s but i reckon most people in this chat are unmarried you know there's a reason for that Okay, HT wants to know, God bless you, brother, white fucking power. Give me a moment, HT, I'll explain to you what I'm talking about. So you've got the Dunning-Kruger effect. The Dunning-Kruger effect in psychology is a cognitive bias where pe whereby people with limited knowledge or competence in a given intellectual or social domain greatly overestimate their own knowledge and competence in that domain relative to objective criteria or to the performance of their peers or of people in general. In other words, the less I know, you know, like the left, just help me out here, we'll make it easy. Just call them the left, you know, just call them niggas, call them the left. So the left are unteachable, aren't they? They don't want to know anything. But when you're with them, they know everything. Do you get what I'm saying? And they, they are so up their own ass. They cannot be taught a single thing. And you're right about ev wrong about everything. And they're right about everything. But this is what they call the Dunning-Kruger effect. Danny fucking Kruger, mate. It's the Jew! Oh. <laughs> Sorry, HT. God bless. <laughs> Okay, HT streaming on Monday. Looking forward to that. God bless. The photo that we were going to put on there was not going to be from this phone because I can't send any photos or transfer any of the information, pictures, text message, whatever. I can't send it to anything because I've reduced the service on this phone. So we were going to take it on another camera. We're using this phone so I can look at lighting because she's bad at taking photos. Okay. So, by accident, I pushed the button on this phone. And 
it's it's written backwards. And what does it say? Kill. Hmm. Infowars was an inside job. God, these clips just keep coming, don't they? There's a warrant for your mind. That's a this guy is a fucking faggot. I don't want to watch him. This is Oliver Stone's son. Okay. Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to keep this just in the back pocket, but we've got more to be getting on with. It's like I've been sort of, I went down a side rabbit hole, and if I'm not careful, we'll lose hours. So um, this is what I came for. Alex Jones. This is a marvellous piece of documentary making from none other than the great late Matthew North, someone I hold very dear to my heart. I opened up uh, a lot of knowledge because of this guy, you know. I I didn't know half the shit I knew before watching the shit that he does, you know. Regarding this topic anyway, you know, it's intense. ...connection to Los Angeles is by far the most pointed example of cognitive dissidence within the pre-existing paradigm of the InfoWars audience. Recently, Jones made a tour through Los Angeles, specifically in an appearance on Logan Paul's show. What many fail to realize is this interview was set up via the Comedy Store click, specifically Joe Rogan, who has always talked highly of Logan, and Brendan Schaub, Rogan's pawn, is a neighbor of Logan Paul, and has also appeared on... Okay, Logan Paul and Jake Paul are both Jews. ...this podcast... At the moment, we see the Los Angeles crowd is actively gatekeeping and discrediting the so-called conspiracies by mixing them with comedy. So they're merely perceived as entertainment, as demonstrated by the tinfoil hat podcast and comedy shows, which Alex Jones has also participated in. The connection to the comedy store is an often overlooked and ignored example, but is indeed a crucial one. Alex Jones and Joe Rogan have been friends since 1998. To many, this appears to be their only connection, just friends. But the connections run much deeper than just friends. This is a network that tells the true story of the origin of both Alex Jones and Joe Rogan and the new alt-media empire they've built. Many people are unaware of the fact that comedians have been assets of different intelligence services and corporations many times throughout history. I want to give you an example of a very brief rundown of a couple different comedians and their applications outside of comedy. Dick Gregory, a comedian, was the pawn that shared the notorious Zapruder film with the public via the late night TV show Good Night America hosted by Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo. Late night TV shows were used in multiple applications see as well. The, uh, in my see the crossover, man, the little synchronicity. We just had Geraldo interviewing... The Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino. Now he's uh, getting scrutiny from Mac Matthew North. Modern time. Notice as well, look at the chest. What have we got? We've got a G on the jumper. Okay. The G. You know, the Masonic G. Look, bang. I don't want a fucking... I don't want to buy it, you cunts. I just want a picture. Give me a second. Look. Okay, the Masonic G. The podcasts, such as Joe Rogan, have stepped into their previous role. As many of you know, the Zapruder film is deceptive, as well as the man who filmed it, Abraham Zapruder. All it took was a comedian to inject the controlled narrative into the public consciousness, and boom, they controlled the narrative. Very simple. The last example I want to share with you of a comedian that was used to create a narrative within the public consciousness is Bill Hicks. Shortly before he died, 
In 1993, he was used by the John Birch Society, which is synonymous with military intelligence, to share their narrative on the Waco siege. Bill was the one who shared the footage of the Bradley tank shooting fire into the compound with the public, creating an entirely new narrative on the Waco siege where the government agencies were the aggressors in the situation. I feel it's also worth mentioning in regards to Bill, around the same time period he got a show via Channel 4 in England. The idea of his show is essentially the same exact... Channel 4 is a central theme in the early days of conspiracy theory. I know tran Channel 4 is like Tranel 4 now, it's all about trannies and blacks and all this gay shit. But back in the day, and I'm not making it cool back then because it was evil, okay? It was a misinformation, disinformation, culture warlord sort of mission. But they had a... Uh, they were the centerpiece for sort of mainstream conspiracy theory. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, so you had uh, John Ronson, okay? He was big in Channel 4. He snuck into Bohemian Grove with Alex Jones. Now, when I say that, I'm not totally telling the truth because they didn't sneak in for shit. The door was open for them. They were allowed in, okay? If me or you was to sneak into Bohemian Grove and film them doing a ritual under the fucking owl, you know, mock sacrifices and shit, you better believe we wouldn't touch the ground, you know? They let this two guys in. That's what it's all about. Exactly. Alex Jones and Ron Johnson. Now, I just want to show you quickly while I'm here. So, John Ronson. Look at this pigeon pecker's face. Look. Alex Jones's buddy. This is the guy holding the camera when you see him and Jones sneaking in. Let's see if I can get it up quickly. Not the video, but... They don't like finishing off that sentence, do they? Nope. But look, there you go. All for... Oh, what a perfect example in real time. Look. All three buddies, all in the same place, in front of those iconic red curtains at the Joe Rogan show. Very interesting stuff, you know. They are all part of this Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino industrial complex. That's what it all is. Concept as Joe Rogan's podcast. To have interesting guests on to talk about a wide variety of subjects. He was meant to become a cyber shaman. His first scheduled guests included people such as Q Shaman, Q Shaman. I showed that earlier for a reason, you know, Q Shaman. If you just joined, you're going to have to watch back later because we are on a push for time. I would show it twice usually, but I ain't got the time. But have a look later in the show when, when this is done. Bronsky and Terrence McKenna. He was debating between taking this Channel 4 show or starting his own show via public access TV as a new Rush Limbaugh type character. <laughs> the work of right-wing top Israeli propagandist Alex Jones, including a number of documentaries like Endgame, Blueprint for Global Enslavement, and New World Order, as well as his book, The Answer to 1984 is 1776, were distributed and published by Satanist Crowley Richard Metzger's disinformation company a company that connects techno-pagans and transhumanists. Here, we begin to see the deeper connections between Joe Rogan and Alex Jones. Alex and Joe are both connected to the disinformation company. Take note of the name. They tell you exactly what they're doing in the name. Matt Staggs, listed as a key person at the disinformation company and former host of the disinformation podcast, is Joe Rogan's talent booker. According to Joe... It's a three-man show over at JRE. 
Staggs is allowed to book whatever guest he wants for whatever corporate agenda he wishes to push, as demonstrated by this clip. I sent, um, poor Jamie, I told um, your booking manager, Matt Staggs, I said, send these images to Jamie and don't tell him any context. You know, and be like, what the hell is this podcast going to be on? Um, but lost their note. Joe obviously had no say in booking this guest, although I do believe Rogan chooses some guests to appear on, his, on the podcast. Many are dictated by the former disinformation asset, Matt Staggs. Much more on the disinformation company later. First, I want to cover Alex Jones's network name, InfoWars. What is information warfare? The notion of information warfare covers a wide spectrum of psychological operations, from the classic Air Force concept of attacking enemy computer systems in conjunction with electronic warfare, to controlling information via television and radio, all the way to memes and many concepts in between. The U.S. adaptation of information warfare originates from the future Soviet warfare theories, or revolution in military affairs, which also covers a wide spectrum of warfare, including information warfare. According to the well-respected PI who exposed the Promise software scandal, Carol Marshall, a.k.a. Sherry Seymour, claims that the work of Major General Paul Valley and Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino in the early 1980s spawned the entire revolution in military affairs within the United States and its asymmetric approach to warfare, viewing new media as potential mind war operatives. In a follow-up U.S. Air Force Academy study via Air Force Space Command, we learn why warfare must become, quote, multidimensional. The spectrum of conflict, as portrayed in most readings, is single-dimensioned, linear, and continuous. It must be replaced by a multidimensional model, perhaps even nonlinear and discontinuous. Topological mathematicians would call it a manifold, hence the name Okay, the RMA, okay, the Revolution in Military Affairs. This is all Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino. Conflict manifold. Its primary characteristic is multidimensionality. This is synonymous with the idea of nonlinear warfare coming out of Russia. Aquino was deeply involved in what has been called the Revolution in Military Affairs, RMA, the future Soviet warfare theory. Without the RMA... Okay, we wouldn't have five-year-old boys in dresses playing Desmond is Amazing, cutting off their fucking dicks. No joke. That's the power of the mind war, for real. The introduction of the most kooky, quote, third-wave New Age ideas into military long-range planning, which introduced such notions as information warfare and cyber warfare into the Pentagon's lexicon. In the early 1980s, at the same time, Heidi and Alvin Toffler were spinning their Tavistock third-wave utopian claptrap to some top Air Force brass, Aquino and another U.S. Army colonel at the time, Paul Valley. Just want to say a quick hello to Clint, brother. Good to see you. He asks, is Jones Bill Hicks? Um, I've looked in real deep. Uh, I've listened to a lot of Matthew North, who is someone I really, really have top-level respect for. High information, high organization, you know. Me, I'm a high information guy, but a low organization guy. This guy was, he had the brain of like a learned 50-year-old super intelligent man at the age of 20 
with the documentarian skills of a fucking Hollywood producer, you know, absolutely wonderful material, great educator of men, you know, a leader of men at such a young age and was taken from us, you know, a complete disgrace. Um, I, it's inconclusive for me. Like the timeline matches up and I know Jones is lying about his age. Alex Jones is not 45 or whatever the fuck he says. He's more like 59. You know, there are lies about Alex Jones and who he is. Put it this way, I want him to be Bill Hicks. I want him to be Bill Hicks. Just like how a little bit I want the world to be flat. Not because I believe the world's flat, but there's so many people out there that hit it with such religiosity, you know, pure obsession over the shape of the planet. I mean, they're so obsessed with the world being flat that God bless them, man. They're putting so much hard work and effort and time into it. I hope just for their sake it is. You know what I mean? It would, be, it would please me. <laughs> were co-authoring an article for Military Review. Mind War was one of the papers created in the early 80s by Michael Aquino and Paul Valley that spawned the application of future Soviet warfare theories into the Pentagon. Mind War, in conjunction with information warfare, is exactly what Alex Jones's operation is. Its core structure is the idea of weaponizing truth with an information warfare operation via radio and TV. The use of subliminal... See, someone was asking earlier, like, well, at least it's a stepping stone for the truthers. And I get it, but they're weaponizing the truth. You know, if I tell you the truth for my own different reason that's not going to benefit you long-term in the agenda, do you get what I'm saying to you? Like, they want everyone locked up in Guantanamo Bay. You better believe it. Okay, that's, that's the plan, okay? FEMA camps, okay? Now, they're not just going to get there overnight. They need to create a duality, a war, okay? They've got to have an opposition. They need to turn you into the opposition. And how are they going to do that? Radicalization. Through the truth. And all around controlling the stream of conspiracy culture information. We have the zeitgeist. If you wanted to use an allegory, InfoWars has pulled the sword Excalibur. Others can't pull it. We pulled it. Trump pulled it. You pulled it. But if you don't use Excalibur, it's worthless. I am using Excalibur. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean I'm not going to make mistakes or stumble or fall. Or at the end of this, not make it myself. But the new republic, the rebirth, will be launched. That's what it's all about. All right. Well, you know, Scott Adams, CNN is losing the mind war. I have some smart advisors, but I do what I think I should do. They've begged me not to tell you this. But I will because my weapon is the truth. <laughs> he tells you to your fucking face. His weapon is the truth. You know? All right, he's not going to name the Jew. He is not going to name the Jew, you know? That's why we it's a goldmine for us with the culture jamming, you know? It's perfect. But... I'm telling you, man, tip of the spear, you know, it's. Even people I've hired over the years who are great folks. Scissorhand says Jones is 60. He looks 46 ish to me. Well, well, yeah, here he does. You know, I mean, here is still like, you know, half a fresh pork pie. But when we go here, look, Alex Jones. I mean, look, he is not young anymore. He's just not. Look. Try and get a better one. This'll do. Look. I mean, come on. 
<laughs> I hope I don't look like this in 16 years because that's what it'll be when I'm, you know, I'm 30. This is 46. This is what 46 looks like apparently. Oh, no, no, no. If I look like that when I'm 46, man, you put a fucking pillow over me head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> who went to normal school for this go well let's use subliminal to help people and i've got to constantly say well that's a second long it's not completely subliminal but get it out of there you know i i don't want to go there because we're so inculcated with subliminal subliminally Look, subliminal involuntary psych control, okay? <laughs> Look what they're doing, man. Notice as well, yeah? Look, they're pushing the blockchain. Look at that there, yeah? See that there, that image? That image? Look. Look, see what they're doing? Okay, they're pushing blockchain. Okay, it's very important. Blockchain is the end of humanity's sovereignty. Okay, it's going to be a digital hijacking of the human body, creating slaves who are permanently surveilled, taxed, charged, paid, rewarded, punished, all the rest of it for a blockchain system. And Ether is the key. Ethereum. Ethereum? Who's Ethereum? Whilst we're on topic, give me a moment. Vitalik Buterin. Now, Vitalik Buterin is a Russian boy, okay? Best friends with the uh, Kremlin, okay? Best friends with... Look at the shirt. What do we see? He is here to bring us the days of Noah, okay? That's what he's here for. The days of Noah, okay? Serious shit. Look... Who's he friends with? Who's he friends with? Look. Now, you tell me what's going on, okay? You tell me what's going on. Putin, Vitalik Buterin. Serious shit, man. Ethereum. Know the knowledge, I've had a rough 10 years, mate, you know what I mean? <laughs> Prison, partying, being a dickhead, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> if I look older, I look older, I don't know. Maybe it is the knowledge, maybe that's what bamboozled you thinking I was older. Just out of interest, and I won't take offence, how old did you think I was? And now you see that. Look at that. That's InfoWars. Look at that subliminal. The Black Sun. Okay, the Black Sun. Devil behavior. <laughs> the Black Sun is serious. Saturn. <laughs> then they'll say, 
mine were, according to Lieutenant Colonel Aquino, was inspired by studies carried out at the Esalen Institute, which was Soviet-dominated as well, and the origin of much of the New Age culture, which ties in perfectly with the disinformation company agenda. Endgame, an Alex Jones film published and distributed by the Disinformation Company, is a title borrowed from the previously mentioned Major General Paul Valley, who is also a staunch Christian Zionist associated with the John Birch Society, who have been gatekeeping the conspiracy culture, weaponizing truth, and excluding Israel at all costs since the 1950s. Major General Valley is a supporter of the Jerusalem Summit Organization, which is all about relocating and resettling Palestinians, is an advocate for their mission statement, which is, quote, that one of the objectives of Israel's divinely inspired rebirth is to make it the center of the new unity of all nations, which will lead to an era of peace and prosperity foretold by the prophets which is the whole supreme court of mankind filthy dirty pigeon pecker look david ben-gurion israel dictating the world from jerusalem idea which is the real new world order revolution in military affairs was included in the notorious project for the new american century document and was certainly ramped up post 9 11. as this clip demonstrates alex jones believes so the project for new american century okay this is all think tank shit. so you know like the council on foreign relations the cfr you know the cnp the council on national policy the trilateral commission okay project for new american century all this stuff man you know it's all that thousand points of light shit. It will be a new American century, which really means a new Israeli-dominated American century. It's a, it's, a, it's a sellout to China. The globalists bet everything on China. It's not going to be the Chinese century. It's going to be the new American century. It's going to be the new American century. I want to get into some information about the main man. Now, Sammy Davis Jr., yeah? is a incognito pigeon pecker fully paid member of the church of satan there he is with lieutenant colonel michael aquino and his bald pigeon pecker pedophile friend anton levey who first introduced the future soviet warfare theories revolution and military affairs and coined the term Infowars. it is worth covering aquino's bio because he's certainly one of the most interesting and deceptive military men of modern times, in my opinion. It is also very interesting. One of the greatest men in history of the US, and I don't mean that as a complimentary thing, you know, just because someone's great doesn't mean they're good. He is grand, you know, an international man of mystery, someone who is definitely enigmatic, you know, a real culture warlord, someone who is an international man of mystery to see the zionist christian which typically dominates the military cross he dazzles me this man he dazzles me you know he's dead now and despite his evil you know uh, i had a little bit of disappointment with his death i know that sounds fucked i know that sounds fucked it's not like i'm sad for him it's not like that but you gotta remember i am fucking spurgy i like information i'm an information junkie and this guy was just an absolute treasure trove you know serious rabbit hole like nothing else and now it's just it's like they've boarded up the rabbit hole you can't dive down you know what i mean it's done now
it's over with the Satanist occultism dynamic between Michael Aquino and Paul Valley working together side by side to introduce radical new Soviet ideas into the Pentagon. After a year with the 1st Squadron, 17th Cavalry, 82nd Airborne Division, Michael Aquino completed the PSYOP officer course at the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare School at Fort Bragg, in which he was among select students cross-trained with concurrent special forces officer course. During 1968 to 1970, he was assigned to the 6th PSYOP Battalion, 4th Group in Vietnam. As HA command and control team leader, he was responsible for both tactical teams in combat operations and audiovisual teams in civil operations and revolutionary department support program. And he flew numerous PSYOP air support missions throughout Corps Tactical Zone with both U.S. Air Force and Army aviation. This is all in relation to Project Phoenix now. Okay, a clip of Aquino's operation Wandering Soul during his time in Vietnam. In 1972, he joined the 306th PSYOP Battalion, USAR, at Fort MacArthur, California, and for the next seven years, he served as research analysis, team leader, operations officer, and finally executive officer in the 306, whose members range from eccentric Hollywood personalities to LAPD officers. He oversaw highly classified basic PSYOP studies for the Joint Chiefs of Staff. PSYOP support for the training of units such as the 12th Special Forces and use of the 306th atmospheric World War II-era bunkers for space combat scenes in the original Battlestar Galactica television series. In 1976, he was selected for Foreign Area Officer Career Program, completed the qualification at the Special Warfare Center, and Central Intelligence Agency during the next three years and participated in NATO REFORGER -E exercise as a Western Europe specialist. In 1976, he also completed the remaining course requirements for special forces and he was awarded that tab upon its creation in 1984. From 1979 to 1981, he served as the FA team leader for headquarters, 7th PSYOP Group in San Francisco, during which time he became combat commander, collaborated on the... just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's watching today in the chat. 80 viewers, 80 viewers. I just... I don't really have any words, man, you know. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fantastic, you know. I hope this shit interests you as much as it interests me. It keeps me up at night, this stuff. You know, once I get involved in this kind of shit, I ain't going to sleep for two days, do you know? <laughs> the predecessor concept paper to this Mind War book. Returning to active duty in 1981, he was transferred to Civil Affairs Branch, completed its advanced course at the Special Warfare and Distinguished Graduate, and received that rare primary skill identifier of political military affairs officer 48g 
In this capacity, he was sent to the State Department Foreign Services Institute and the Defense Intelligence Agency for attaché qualifications, completed the, the Military Intelligence Officer Advanced Course at Fort Hanucha, and in 1986, he was reassigned to Military Intelligence Branch. In 1986 to 1987, he was the sole USAR officer selected to attend the Industrial College of the National Defense University. During that year, he worked with U.S. Information Agency representative at the National War College on PSYOP ethics paper, which is also a predecessor to mine work. In 1990, he was the Army's first officers to be certified in joint space intelligence by the U.S. Air Force. He was assigned to a J-2HQ U.S. Space Command, where in Section X, out of the Cheyenne Mountain NORAD complex, he was involved with those files until he retired from the active USAR in 1994. Since the Army had waited until the exact date of his final U.S. retirement in 2006 to create the PSYOP branch, it graciously transferred him posthumously to gray and green in 2011. He has retained his original affiliation with the 1st Special Forces Regiment out of respect for that unique honor. American decorations include Bronze Star, Meteorist Service Air Medal, three Army Commendation Medals, two Air Force Reserve Attachment Medals, Parachutist Badge, Special Forces Tab, and U.S. Air Force Space and Missile Badge. Vietnamese decorations include Gallantry Cross, Psychological Warfare Medal, and Air Services Medal. Academically, he received the Ph.D. in Political Sciences from the University of California in 1980 and the MPA in National Resources Management from George Washington University in 1987. He taught as an adjunct professor of political science at Golden Gate University from 1980 to 86. Professionally, he is a member of the Special Forces, PSYOP, Civil Affairs, Foreign Intelligence Officer, Air and Space Missile Defense Associations. After the conclusion of his U.S. government service, the Constitution permitted him to be recognized by Scotland's Lord Lyndon, King of Arms, as the current Baron of Roger. Lieutenant Colonel Aquino's occult bio is equally as important given how the disinformation company ties in with the same exact occult networks. In 1969, Aquino joined Anton LaVey's Church of Satan and rose rapidly through the group's ranks after meeting LaVey in San Francisco. In 1970, while he was serving with the U.S. military during the Vietnam War, Aquino was stationed in South Vietnam, where he authored a tract entitled Diablicon. In this tract, teachings about the creation of the world, God, and humanity are presented. As in the dualistic idea that Satan complements God, the character of Lucifer is presented as bringing insight to human society. I actually do think Satan does complement God. Now, I don't mean that in a nice way for Satan, but I think God has allowed Satan and, and, and given us Satan. You know, it's... It's the tough time that you give your son to make him tougher. Do you get what I'm saying? And not only that, but to prove his worth, you know, give him struggle. At the end of the day, I believe Satan is a test for all of us. I think that the pigeon peckers have been given, you know, the status of, like, you know, the world's favorite, you know, the, the son of the, of the devil. And it's our struggle. And this struggle is our test to get to heaven. I genuinely believe that. 
You know, I thank the Jews. Jews, thank you for this test. Okay, because I know where we're going. And I know where you're going, alright? And that just makes me have a big smile on my fucking face. Enjoy your time here on this earth, okay? And your worldly riches. And your flesh-based pleasures. Because guess what? You're fucked. <laughs> a perspective that was inherited from the depiction of Lucifer in John Milton's 17th century epic poem, Paradise Lost. By 1971, Aquino was ranked as Magister of Caverns of the Fourth Degree within the group's hierarchy, was the editor of the publication The Cloven Hoof, and sat on the governing council of nine. In 1973, he rose to the previously unattained rank of Magister of Templi of the Fourth Degree. According to the scholars, Aquino had become LeVay's right-hand man. He nevertheless developed concerns about the Church of Satan, feeling that it had attracted many, quote, fad followers, egomaniacs, and assorted oddballs whose primary interest in becoming Satanists was their flash to membership cards at cocktail parties. When in 1975, LeVay abolished the system of regional groups, or grottos, and declared that in the future, all degrees would be given in exchange for financial or other contributions to the church, Aquino was disenfranchised. He resigned from the organization on June 10, 1975. While LeVay seemed to have a pra pragmatic, practical view of the degrees of the satanic priesthood, intending them to reflect the social role of degree holder within the organization, Aquino and his supporters viewed the priesthood as being spiritual, sacred, and irrevocable. Having departed the church, Aquino embarked on a ritual intent on asking Satan for advice what to do next. According to his account, at midsummer 1975, Satan appeared to him and revealed that he wanted to be known by his true name, Set, which had been the name used by worshippers in ancient Egypt. Aquino produced a religious text, the Book of the Coming Forth by Night, which he alleged has been revealed to him by Set through a process of automatic writing. The book proclaimed Aquino to be a magus of the new aeon of Set and the heir to LeVay's, quote, infernal mandate. Aquino's book, Coming Forth by Night, makes reference to the Book of the Law, produced by the occultist Aleister Crowley in 1904, which provided the basis for Crowley's religion, Philemma. Aquino presented himself as being as much of Crowley's heir as LeVay's, and Aquino's work would engage... Sorry to pause, guys, but I've got to do this quickly, okay? So he's talking about the Thelema, yeah? Now look at this. The Thelema, okay. Now this is all Aleister Crowley material, okay? Bang, 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 look, okay? Six-pointed star, obviously, you know, um, but yeah, you know, the Thelema, okay? The religion of the Thelema. I tried to read this, and it's a fucking hard read, and I also tried to read this as well. Um, this is such a hard fucking read, alright? I mean, when I say hard, like, it's written in English words with English letters, but it's not... <laughs> It's not English like me and you are talking now, you know. I mean, in jail, I obviously had nothing to do. So I'm trying to read things, do you know what I mean? And I'm a bit of a... I'm not dark, you know. I'm not evil. I don't have a goat in the garden I'm going to sacrifice later. I'm not that kind of dude. But I, but I am drawn to darkness when it comes to research and stuff. I had to believe in the devil and then verify that, you know, the dark side is fucking real and that these arts exist and that witchcraft is, is a factual phenomena before believing in... The de before believing in God and being scared of God, you know, God scares me a lot, you know, sin frightens me and uh, 
Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Without people like Alistair Crowley in the world, yeah, I'd still be a fucking, I'd still be a shithead. You know, I'm mean? still be just doing what I want, do what thou wilt. I would be. You know, it's sort of like he's backfired his way with me because believing in Satan and realizing that this is fucking weird, you know, and that things are fucked up, it made me submit to God, you know, and that's something that I thank the Jews for once again, you know. Evil exists, so if evil exists, then my good God, you've got to be on the right team, ain't you? Gage with Crowley's writings and beliefs far greater than the extent of LeVay ever did. But yeah, them books, man, fucking hard to read, hard to read, you know? And I'm one of them people, man, I'm an information junkie. I was just picking up the book, putting it down, picking up, putting it down, and you know, I just give up. So hard to read. In establishing the temple, Aquino was joined by other ex-members of LeVay's church, and soon Setian groups or pylons were established in various parts of the United States. The structure of the temple was largely based on those of the ceremonial magical orders of the late 19th century, such as the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and Ordo Templi Orientis. Aquino now, Ordo Templi Orientis, okay, is the order of the Eastern Temple, okay? Now, people like Bob Geldof, David Bowie, all these type of people are all part of this. David Bowie was also part of the Golden Dawn that Matthew North just mentioned then as well. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but Peaches Geldof was meant to have died of, a, died of a heroin overdose. All bullshit, okay? Bob Geldof sacrificed his daughter for the cult. The way these cults work is... I mean, think about it. You're a man, yeah? Your daughter is your prized possession, you know? This, this beautiful piece of life that come from you, you know, it's something to cherish and to treasure. When you join these cults, yeah, it's the cult before everything, okay, like the mafia on steroids, okay, and if they say to you, listen, Bob, Peach has got to go, then guess what, Peach has got to go, and she died, she got sacrificed, you know, that's a real thing. Aquino's association with the Church of Satan and Anton LaVey, who's really Jewish, his real name is Howard Staton Levy, is an extreme... Just another quick little side rabbit hole. So we talk about like Led Zeppelin, yeah? You know, Traveller of both time and space, you know, Stairway to Heaven, fucking Kashmir, all these different absolute classic songs. Well, Jimmy Page, the, the guitarist, okay, was a huge Crowleyite, okay, loved Alistair Crowley, okay, big Ordo Templis Orientis punter. Now, what happened with him was uh, he bought Crowley's old home and it burnt down. Just give me a quick second. Um, Jimmy Page. Do you know what? One quick little side note whilst we're here. Just give me a second. I'm going to find it for you. It's only a quick video. One minute, 45 seconds. Well worth our time. If it fucking loads. Come on, man. Come on, Jimmy. Look, bang, bang, bang. Great little fucking picture to exemplify my... Okay, I don't know why this ain't doing it. I'm just gonna go straight to YouTube. YouTube. I'm a traveller of both time and space to be where I have been. Right, Jimmy Page. Several elders of a general race. Um, Crowley. No, in fact, no. Um, a cult. We'll go a cult. But yeah, his house burnt down, okay? Crowley's house, I mean. Your involvement in... Jimmy Page acquired. The Golden Dawn. Oh, my involvement in the Golden Dawn is in so much as <clears throat> I was it, pretty, I was very interested actually in, in Eastern and Western mysticism. And I spent time reading and researching when I was younger. Um, 
yeah, I guess I guess that's it. That 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 that's it. There were some there were some very eminent characters in the Golden Dawn, and uh, I found it very interesting to see the history of those that had been in it and this sort of esoteric movement, and also sort of what went on, uh, the offshoots of it, uh, of that sort of love of all things mystical and magical, all things bright and beautiful, really. Um, do you think that's why people did that thing when they played Stairway to Heaven backwards and said that you were talking about Satan? Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go straight back to the Beatles here because there, there, was, there was a time when somebody wrote a thesis about Paul McCartney being dead and Paul is dead and if you played back the records, I'm very serious here, it's, it's crazy, but if you played back the records there was something which said Paul is dead and so then they started to play back all manner of records and of course we were going to be main candidates for it and, um, and somebody, somebody said, oh, it says my sweet Satan in it. And I thought, oh, gosh, it's hard enough writing the music one way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these people are fucked. Extremely important connection, especially the Church of Satan and Anton LaVey, who's really Jewish. His real name is Howard Staton Levy. I love it, man. Matthew North, you know, he ain't trying to fucking, do you know what I mean? He ain't on some atom waffum shit. He's just, just straight in there, you know. Yeah, he's Jewish, you know, naming them, but staying on, staying on the path, you know. At the end of the day, you know, you, you can, you can do both, you know, red pills and being based at the same time. It's nice to get a good little balance. It's an extremely important connection, especially given how this culture ties in exactly with the disinformation company. The Church of Satan is really a Jewish front for Jewish mysticism. When the Satanic Bible was released, LaVey shared it with Asaf Dayan, son of Israeli Defense Minister Moshe Dayan, who proclaimed... Look at that fucking face. Look, it's like a Bond villain, isn't it? Disgusting. ...it perfectly suited for the conditions in Israel. This gives a whole new insight to the concept of the synagogue of Satan. It's also worth mentioning LaVey's Jewish-based satanic cult is way more influential in Hollywood than you would ever imagine. Think of it in terms of Scientology, which is also rooted in Thelema, which Joe Rogan is also associated with. It's a way to rope the Goy and Shiksa actresses and actors into the cult while utilizing mind control and abuse. Joe Rogan has attended... There you go, boys. There's your Joe Rogan. Okay, this is all part of this fucking military industrial complex. There's a war on for your mind. Infowars, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, Stefan Molyneux, the whole IDW, this intellectual dark web. What is it? It's the pigeon peckers. And when I say the pigeon peckers, they're the finance. Okay, but then you've got the, the might, the muscle. Okay, and the mind war people. Those are the military, and that's Michael Aquino. Anton LaVey's grand utilizing mind control and abuse. Joe Rogan has attended Anton LaVey's grandson's satanic wedding. Rogan's view of religion and his philosophy of life is essentially one of a Satanist, regardless of if he publicly declares it or not. Back to the dubious disinformation company. Richard Metzger was the host of the TV show Disinformation. The Disinformation Company and its website disinfo.com featuring the tagline everything you know is wrong that focused on current affairs 
titles and seeks to expose alleged conspiracy theories, occultism, politics, news oddities, and purported disinformation. Metzger admits that from an early age, he identified himself as a, quote, warlock, and that through a careful study of Kenneth Angler's work, through his influence, in part, I continued to move forward, combining my career ambitions of working in film, television, and publishing my private magical interests. Anger, the notorious producer of Crowley-inspired underground films, was a key figure.